It's the Locked On Podcast Network, your team every day. The Locked On NBA Fantasy Minute is presented by PrizePix. PrizePix is the most fun you can have playing daily fantasy basketball and winning up to 25 times your money. Go to prizepix.com slash LockedOnNBA and use the code LockedOnNBA for a first deposit match up to $100. We are very much in the thick of the fantasy basketball playoffs. You might be starting it this week. You might be already in it. It might be a week away. And at this point of the year, with only five weeks left in the entire regular season, Playing the schedule is the most important thing. So this week, the Minnesota Timberwolves and the Los Angeles Lakers play two games only. So any fringe players you have from those teams, even guys, yes, like Kyle Anderson replacing Kyle Anthony Towns, that's not worth it with two games on. You need to be stacking extra games and you need to be looking at the teams with four games. You need to be looking at teams with games early in the week and then switching them out for teams with more games later in the week. Get more games in, play the schedule, be cutthroat with injuries and get players in to get yourself success for fantasy basketball. Jackson Gatlin here, host of the Monday edition Locked On NBA podcast. Every Monday, I cover the three biggest stories in the NBA with the local experts from Locked On. It's an awesome recap of the weekend of the NBA and a look at what's ahead. Mark your calendars on Monday to join me for Locked On NBA podcast, available on YouTube and wherever you get your podcasts. Let's get it going on the Locked On Thunder podcast, a part of the Locked On Podcast Network, your teams every day. I am your host, Ryland Styles. You can follow me on Twitter at Ryland underscore Styles. That's at R-Y-L-A-N underscore S-T-I-L-E-S. Today's show is brought to you by RockAuto.com. Amazing selection, reliably low prices, all the parts your car will ever need, RockAuto.com. The Oklahoma City Thunder beat the Los Angeles Lakers 105-86 to The Thunder held the Lakers to their lowest scoring game this season, and now the Thunder have won a game against every single Western Conference team this season. And this was a fun game, and don't let the national media tell you, oh, the Lakers didn't care, the Lakers had the one seed wrapped up, they didn't care. I would understand that argument. If LeBron didn't play 30 minutes and AD, who had 5,000, could have easily been set on the bench for the rest of the second half, didn't play 29 minutes. This Lakers team tried to win this basketball game. They were still figuring out who they are as a team, even though they had that one seed you know, locked up. They don't have Avery Bradley. They don't have Rajon Rondo. They're still figuring out their playoff rotation. LeBron James complained every possession about something, about a foul, a missed shot. He complained the entire game. He clearly wanted to win this basketball game playing 30 minutes tonight ahead of a back-to-back where they play again tomorrow, or tonight the Lakers do, against Houston. This game mattered for both teams. Now, it mattered a lot more uh, in the true sense of the word for Oklahoma City, but LeBron James and Anthony Davis do not play 30 and 29 minutes respectively and not try to win that basketball game. And that's just the way these professional athletes are wired. Uh, and literally, LeBron James complained the entire game. And that's not necessarily a knock on him, but if he didn't care, he also wouldn't complain about every single foul call. Uh, no matter if the foul call went for or against the Lakers, he was complaining to somebody. And that's the nature of his game, but he was still playing his basketball game, and he only scored 19 points tonight. We start in the the first quarter uh, where Lou Dort was matched up with LeBron, 
And and Lou Dort frustrated LeBron James, and, and that needs to be talked about tonight because the it was impressive to watch Lou Dort, who is undersized, uh, even for a shooting guard, going up against LeBron James, who was oversized uh, for a small forward, uh, and he didn't shut him down necessarily, but he did stop him, he did compete, and he did frustrate LeBron James, and, and it had a little bit of that J.J. Barea syndrome, uh, and I don't say that necessarily to be funny, but you look at the size differential. You look at a few drives there where LeBron just buried his head, got to the basket, and overpowered Lou Dort, who was trying his best to, to stay in front and even draw some charges, but it just couldn't do it against a more powerful LeBron James. Why wasn't LeBron doing that all game? He goes. LeBron goes 7 for 19 from the field, 38% from the field, 0 for 5 from beyond the arc. He has 4 assists, 11 rebounds, gets a steal and a foul. He was a minus eight for this contest. LeBron James did not have the best game. This Thunder lineup competed against LeBron James. That was the big word of the preview was how do you compete with guys like LeBron and AD? And Anthony Davis scores nine points in this game. But Dort did a great job of frustrating LeBron, but it wasn't all Dort. We'll talk about Andre way later on in this, in this recap, but the Thunder also changed their defensive philosophy. A lot of this game uh, early on was spent in a form of a zone. Whenever a guy was attacking, you would have somebody in a man coverage there, but there would also be someone ready to rotate over and help playing in a kind of a loose zone on the back end. They did a good job shuffling guys around the painted area uh, to make sure that LeBron couldn't just drive to the basket and get anything he wanted. And so I think that the uh, hat tip has to go to Billy Donovan there for implementing that kind of zone coverage. Uh, and they did a good job switching screens. They did a good job closing out on three-point shooters. Uh, this was a great defensive game from Oklahoma City. Again, I don't want to hear about how the game doesn't matter for L.A. They still played LeBron 30 minutes and then AD 29 minutes. If this game doesn't matter for L.A., you're not playing those guys to that level. You're just not. So for whatever the reason was, L.A. wanted to win this game, and they didn't. Oklahoma City played a fantastic game defensively. And a lot of that is attributed to Lou Dort. Uh, but uh, there's not much else to say about that for Dort. Um, he played scrappy. He played tough. He played physical. And I don't say this as, as a participation trophy or anything like that. Uh, but his tenaciousness was something noticeable. You look at the stat sheet, he only gets one steal. Uh, and the basic stat line doesn't look uh, all that good for Dort, which we'll talk about his offensive game in a little bit. But going up against someone who just overpowers you physically and still competing, especially with some of those blows he took down low when LeBron was driving, backing him down, lowering his shoulder into him. When LeBron was beating him up physically, Lou Dort kept coming back for more and more and more and more. And that was very very fun to watch. It was so fun to watch that he came back with even more intensity. We have to remember, Lou Dort is playing shooting guard for this team, and that's probably going to be his NBA position for the future because he has not really evolved well into that point guard role. But at Arizona State, he was a point guard, defending point guards in college. So the fact that he's made this transition to not only shooting guard, uh, but someone you feel comfortable with putting on a guy like LeBron James has been so impressive to watch from Lou Dort. But off the bench, Hamadou Diallo and Abdul Nader were your first wings off the bench. Again, in this game, uh, to kind of go back to the review, uh, the preview, you didn't have Dennis Schroeder, who's out of the bubble uh, with the birth of his second child. Mike Muscala is in concussion protocol still, and Terrence Ferguson was still inactive with that leg injury. So your wing depth 
is a bit lost whenever you're missing out on Muscala and Ferguson. And obviously your best lineup still is not in the bubble right now because of Dennis Schroeder having to leave for the birth of his child. So uh, you needed someone like Diallo to step up. You needed someone like Nader to step up. And, and SGA was the point guard for that lineup of a Diallo, Baisley, Nader, and Noel. And they played a lot of iso ball. And and, and Shea at point guard led, led to a ton of isolation. And it reminded me of last year's Thunder team and the year prior's Thunder team. Uh, you know, the, the last three seasons here in Oklahoma City with Russell Westbrook. Look, Shea has been fantastic in one-on-one situations. Uh, the total isolations per 75 possessions, he's in the 83 percentile. That's an A- minus grade. His total impact on isolations, 87 percentile, A- minus grade there as well. He draws a ton of fouls with a 72 percentile in isolation fouls drawn. He's been awesome in the in the one-on-one game in the isolation game. So it's no surprise that you see that a ton whenever he's running the point guard position, uh, but it also is limiting the offense the same way it did the last three years where these role players are just kind of standing around. And when their shots aren't falling like they weren't tonight, it leads to some staggered offense. Uh, But in terms of the minutes balance between Shea and between Chris Paul, when there's no Dennis Schroeder to bail you out, I really like the way Billy Donovan got Shea and Chris Paul on and off the floor. They rarely played together in this game because you knew you wanted at least one of them on the floor at all times because you didn't have the luxury of having Dennis Schroeder, who's a starting caliber point guard in this league, to bail you out whenever those two guys needed a break. So I did like the staggering of those two guys. It reminded me a lot of last year's Rockets team where where you would always have a Paul or a Harden on the floor uh, with your subpar role players in Houston. So I I really like the, the rotations from Billy Donovan. Overall, this first quarter, it was a lot of uh, of slop. The, the game was really uh, won in this contest the whole way by the Thunder's defense. They forced a ton of ugly shots. Uh, they forced the Lakers to settle. The Lakers couldn't hit what little open shots they did get. Uh, but the most encouraging part of this first quarter was, of course, Dort on LeBron James and also the fact that Andre Robertson, who we're going to talk about a ton coming up, had a impact in, the, in that first quarter and had first quarter minutes, which you did not expect. The, the first quarter ended with Oklahoma City having a 26-18 lead. Each team had six fouls. The Lakers were shot. Uh, the Lakers were shooting 28% from the floor and 8% from deep, 62% from the line. The Thunder shot 47% from the floor, 20% from deep, and 100% from the line. So overall, this first quarter was an impressive one for Oklahoma City. It really was. And coming up, we're going to talk all about the rest of this game, including the three big takeaways from this contest. But I want to spend this first segment talking about Andre, and this will leak throughout the entire podcast. And his stat line, four points on two of four shooting, 0-1 behind the arc, uh, six rebounds. His stat line doesn't immediately jump out to you, but he had a fantastic game. In this game, he had some beautiful backdoor cuts, uh, some beautiful offense down low. You see him uh, w- with four points in this contest, two for four from the field. It, it doesn't jump out at you immediately. It really doesn't. But what he was able to do on the floor was incredible. He w- he spent this night boxing out guys like LeBron, switching uh, beautifully on the perimeter. And, and it was something I've been worried about with Andre coming back from this injury, not playing NBA basketball in almost three years up until this point. How can he handle that perimeter defense? He did not look good against Michael Porter Jr. Uh, and it wasn't just a stat line with Michael Porter Jr. It was the eye test with Michael Porter Jr. Uh, multiple times he got beat uh, with Porter Jr.'s first step. And he got beat a couple of times on the first step with LeBron. That's going to happen with LeBron, but if you sit down and, and watch this game and, and look at those two guys battle it out, LeBron got Andre, noticeably got Andre once. Andre noticeably 
got LeBron about three times where, where, where it really stands out to you that that was impeccable defense and it really altered what LeBron wanted to do. And this is a possible second round matchup. I think that this will be the Thunder's second round match, matchup whenever the dust settles on this season in these seeding games, I think you fit into that 4-5 slot, and I think that the, the Lakers the, will be your second-round matchup. And if a, if uh, Andre can provide for you four or five possessions where he shuts down and alters what LeBron wants to do, that's that's going to be very helpful and very impressive from Andre, especially whenever you contextualize it with what he, all he's gone through in his career and during this hiatus. But we're going to talk way more about Andre and a ton about Steven Adams and the rest of this game. But I do want to tell you about our good friends over at rockauto.com. Rockauto.com is a family-owned business serving you auto parts online for 20 years. 20 years ago, you had no idea how to write an email. You might have even still been on dial-up internet, but you could have been going to rockauto.com and finding all the parts your car will ever need. Listen, I know nothing about cars, and that's not an exaggeration, but I love RockAuto's website whenever you go there. Uh, they'll let you put your make and model of your car into the website and they'll only show you parts that's compatible with your vehicle. Because for me, uh, that's the most challenging part. Whenever you're going to go try and buy a, a car part, what's going to actually fit and work with my car. They're only going to present you options that do. And that way you're not wasting your money. And there's no point uh, in this day and age, especially with what's going on in the world to be going into a chain auto parts store, because all they're going to do is order the part you need online, but then upcharge you for that part. Skip the upcharge. Go to rockauto.com with their amazing selection, reliably low prices, all the parts your car will ever need. Go to there, buy what you need, and then write locked on in the how did you hear about us box, and they'll get you set up over at rockauto.com. The NBA playoffs are right around the corner, and Locked On NBA is here daily to keep you caught up with all the late season drama. Every Monday, Jackson Gatlin rounds up the three biggest stories around the league, helping to break down the NBA playoffs. Mark your calendars to listen to Locked On NBA every Monday to be up to date. Locked On NBA, available on YouTube and wherever you get podcasts. Part of the Locked On Podcast Network, your team every day. You know, just to wrap up the Andre conversation, because there is so much to say about a guy like Andre Robertson, he was fantastic against LeBron, especially whenever you put everything into perspective here. He was fantastic against LeBron, and he has shown some inconsistencies at that perimeter, you know, defending the perimeter. That's why most of the time throughout this restart, even going back to the scrimmages, he's been defending the four and the five position, which is a tribute to how versatile he is as a defender and how good he is as a defender is that you can put him anywhere from two to five, and he'll give you serviceable defense. And I think that he's starting to work back into game shape where he can guard the likes of LeBron James. Now, it is still unrealistic to think that from tip-off to the final buzzer in a playoff series for seven games, he can do this against LeBron. But four or five possessions at the end of a game, this is that that is going to work perfectly for Oklahoma City. Because if Lou Dort can battle the way he's been battling on LeBron for the first 40 minutes, you clean it up with eight minutes with Andre on LeBron, that's a tough night for LeBron James. That's a very tough night for LeBron James, and it creates that element uh, that you see tonight where LeBron just couldn't get in rhythm. That was part of what frustrated him all night long. He goes for 19 points on 36% from the field, 0 for 5 from beyond the arc. He was frustrated in this contest, and a lot of that is because of Lou Dort and Andre. So it's, it's encouraging what you saw last night between the Lakers and the Thunder, but I will say 
don't expect this to happen from the opening tip-off until the final buzzer. Oh, another thing about Andre is the offense. I know, again, if you look at the basics, you know, box score, four points does not jump out at you. But he, he was finishing well around the rim. He was getting to the rim. And then also the missed three-pointer. And, and I know it sounds silly, but if you've been a Thunder fan and you've been around uh, Andre and you've been watching Andre throughout his career, you remember when Russell Westbrook would literally, audibly, and so loud you could hear it over the Chesapeake Energy Arena crowd, yell at Andre to shoot the ball because he was so scared. He was so timid. Even when he was wide open, he just wouldn't shoot. And not only did you not have to respect him because he was such a poor three-point shooter, you didn't have to respect him because he wouldn't shoot the ball, period. So who cares if you contest it or not? He's not going to shoot. And if he does shoot, it's not going to go in. And so the fact that he now is playing with an aggressiveness and is playing with a want to is impressive because he was wide open on that three-pointer. He was even a step beyond the three-point line, which isn't his range by any means because even if his, even if his foot is on the three-point line, that's still not his three-point range. But the fact that he took that shot in rhythm and in stride was impressive because he's playing with a confidence that we have not seen him play with before. I mean, his, his entire career, he hasn't played with this confidence. So it was really enjoyable to watch Andre Robertson play. It was also enjoyable to watch Hamadou Diallo play. And Diallo has been a wild card throughout this restart. Uh, he'll, he'll go from looking incredible one night to looking flat the next night. But in his 16 minutes, he got you seven points. He got you two assists, six rebounds, and a steal. He was, he was electric in his minutes tonight. He really was, and he played some great defense on LeBron. Really, you look at what they did to LeBron. They threw out there Hamadou Diallo, Lou Dort, and Andre Robertson and just frustrated the hell out of them. So Hamadou Diallo deserves a ton of credit for what he was able to do. Again, the seven points does not immediately leap out at you, but something that does is going three for four, and it's a small sample size, but being efficient while he's driving to the rim is something that Hamadou Diallo has struggled with. If he can be efficient with his moves, and you saw a beautiful finish over Anthony Davis, who tried to draw a charge on him but ended up with a block, and that's how Anthony Davis picked up his fifth foul, Hamadou Diallo was so impressive in this game. And I have never given up on Hammy. He's been someone that I think gets a bad rap in Oklahoma City. And he gets you the, the six defensive rebounds that were so key. And each one of those rebounds really stopped a Laker possession uh, that they were set up for a, a great second chance look. But Diallo jumps in there and gets that rebound. Also, the two assists and the steal. Uh, he showed some playmaking there and some unselfishness uh, with his with his assists. I really, really like what Diallo's done. And, and so does Billy Donovan because you're seeing Diallo leap into that rotation. He's been consistently in this restart, the first wing off the bench, which is not something that we saw prior to the hiatus. That was not something that Donovan did. So Donovan has seen something from him in practices uh, and after this hiatus and into the scrimmages that make him feel comfortable with Diallo. And, and this was the case even when Terrence Ferguson was active. And I think that Ferguson is sliding down that pecking order. I think that Diallo's really taken his opportunity in the bubble and he's really ran with it. And again, mentioning mentioning the, the staggered minutes between CP3 and Shea was just phenomenal from Billy Donovan. And he calls a classic timeout when the Lakers get it down to nine points. And, and Donovan, yet again, was fantastic in this game. And it's just so funny to look back on, on what Thunder fans thought about Billy Donovan a year ago today, where they're wanting to fire him after yet another disappointing playoff appearance. He was fantastic in this game. The rotations were perfect. The timeouts were perfect. Every time that you sat back on your couch and thought, oh, no, here comes that Lakers run. They're down nine. They're down 10. They're down 13. 
Donovan would call a timeout and then the Lakers would just go back to playing terrible offense. And it it's attributed some to Billy Donovan's timeout and then stopping that momentum and stopping that flow of the game because between the refs stopping the flow of the game and Donovan stopping the flow of the game, the Lakers just could not get going at all. They really couldn't. And then you look at Lou Dort from the offensive perspective now. He did a great job on LeBron, but he only gets you 14 points on, on 11 shots, only makes four from the field, zero for four from beyond the arc. Tough night for Lou Dort, but he never took a bad shot, which was, which was encouraging. He, he really never took a bad shot in this game uh, or a shot that you said, why, why on earth would he take that, Lou Dort? He never did that. And, and something I would note here about Lou Dort, we've seen this song and dance before, Tawas Hefalosha, Andre Robertson, of wings who can defend the lights out of the gym but can't shoot and, and, and seemingly don't have anything on offense. That's not the case for Lou Dort. Lou Dort can get rebounds. He's a good playmaker. He's a good ball handler. Lou Dort does so much on defense and offense where even though he's not making his threes right now, it's not as detrimental, it's not as, detrimental as a guy like Andre who couldn't playmake, who couldn't ball handle, who couldn't keep the offense flowing whenever he wasn't taking threes. And now Andre's big key offensively is, is his ability to cut to the basket, but Lou Dort has the cutting, he has the playmaking, he has the ball handling, and I'll say it again, the free throw percentage. He goes six for six from the line, and his season average is, is so good this year, and that's a key for developing a young player and developing a young player's shot. Uh, most people look at that free throw percentage to to predict if a guy can eventually pull his game out further and start making those three-pointers. And Dort has been able to put up a very impressive number from the stripe. He's shooting 77% from the line. And you look at him, he's only 21 years old. I love what Lou Dort can turn into. Now, he's never going to be a three-point assassin by any means. His three-point numbers have dipped since since the bubble started from uh, 30% to 28%. He's never going to be an assassin from, from beyond the arc, but he can be a serviceable three-point shooter. I think that you know, 33 34 35% from the three-point line is something obtainable for a 21-year-old Lou Dort, especially whenever you look at how good he is uh, at the free-throw line and, and how much room he has to grow as a player. I think that that's important to note about Lou Dort. Although the shots were not falling, number one, they were open shots, and you're glad that he has the confidence to take them. Uh, number two, he does add more than just shot making uh, and spot up shooting to the offense. He adds a level of ball handling, he has a level of playmaking, and he's smart. He has a high basketball IQ to know where to make the next pass and to know uh, who's going to be coming open with this offense and inside the flow of this offense. So yes, it's a wing who plays great defense and can't shoot right now, but there are still some great signs from Lou Dort. And you saw in the scrimmages, he can get hot from beyond the arc. Lou Dort and Andre were shooting the ball lights out from beyond the arc in the scrimmages. It hasn't yet translated to the eight seeding games. Coming up, we're going to talk all about Steven Adams and the impressive gutsy performance he had in the second half. And also why Gallinari was the best player on the floor tonight. We're driven by the search for better, but when it comes to hiring, the best way to search for a candidate isn't to search at all. Don't search, match with Indeed. 93% of employers agree Indeed delivers the highest quality matches compared to other job sites, according to a recent Indeed survey. And listeners of this show will get a $75 sponsored job credit to get your jobs more visibility at Indeed.com slash podcast. Just go to Indeed.com slash podcast right now and support our show by saying you heard about Indeed on this podcast. Indeed.com slash podcast. Terms and conditions apply. Need to hire. You need Indeed. 
So at halftime, really the Lakers were shooting 31% from the field, 15% from beyond the arc, and 75% from the line with five turnovers. The Thunder had nine turnovers to keep the Lakers in it. Uh, the fouls were pretty even. Oklahoma City fouled 13 times. The Lakers fouled 15 times. And it's, again, just the same song and dance with the NBA. These refs have not allowed these games to find any sort of rhythm or flow about them. 15 first-half fouls for the Lakers, 13 for the Thunder. Both these teams are struggling to find a rhythm in the first half because of that whistle. I don't know what it is. I don't know if it's because they're hearing every single hand slap uh, or, or what, but, but the officiating has to be cleaned up as we progress here in the bubble and get into the postseason. I would like to see the whistles get taken down a notch from these refs. But entering halftime, Delino Gallinari had a fantastic stretch late in the half to keep Oklahoma City with the lead. Uh, He was with 10 points in that first half. He was awesome. The offense sputtered without Chris Paul. They sputtered whenever Shea was, was in charge there. He has 10 first half points giving you a spark from me on the arc, getting you an and one opportunity. And even late in that first half, he ran some point guard a couple possessions. A couple possessions he really led the offense with as a ball handler, which kind of calmed everyone down a little bit. And that was the biggest key to this game because things could have unraveled on Oklahoma City late in that first half without Gallo stepping up there on his way to 19 points and two for five from beyond the arc. He He was very... Very impressive in this game. I think he was the best player for either team. I know Chris Paul had the 21 points. He also had five turnovers in this game. I think that without Gallo, the bench scoring looked a lot different. I know that Gallo's a starter, but the second unit, whenever they were in the game, they couldn't score. Donovan adds Gallo to that second unit, and Gallo really carries the load offensively going into halftime. I loved what Gallo was able to do. And I do want to give a shout-out to Steven Adams, who played some great defense against AD. And much like LeBron, AD never got into a rhythm in this game. A lot of it was due to that foul trouble, only scoring 9 points, going 3 for 11 from the field, 0 for 3 from beyond the arc. He did get the foul trouble, but Steven Adams was so impressive against Anthony Davis. He, he really was. And, and it, again, it's attributed to Billy Donovan as well for that zone type of defense they played with a lot of uh, help and a lot of rotations. But all in all, it was an impressive performance from Steven Adams to compete with Anthony Davis. And offensively, Steven Adams was aggressive, just like we saw in the scrimmages that we had not seen in these eight seeding games so far. He was very good against Utah, but he was not very good against Denver. He had the and one where he lands awkwardly. And in the moment, you're thinking, Oh, here we go again. So much for a fully healthy Steven Adams. So much for this team having a healthy postseason run. But he does come back at the end of the third quarter and picks up right where he left off and starts dominating this game again. And that's why the performance was so gutsy. He got 18 points on a banged-up ankle, 7 for 10 from the field at 70%, 7 rebounds, 2 assists. Steven Adams was awesome this game. And I think that it's really between him and Gallinari for who you want to give the edge to for the most important player in this one. Hat tip to Lou Dort, hat tip to Andre Robertson. Again, Chris Paul got you 21 points with fantastic mid-range shots. He got to the line four times, made all of them, but he had those five crucial turnovers. He looked sloppy, and he looked sloppy on Monday as well. I, I trust that Chris Paul will clean that up, but that's something to monitor as we move forward here inside the bubble. Uh, Gallo and Diallo, again, were just awesome. They're the spark plugs. They were the energy boosters tonight that kept you with the lead and, and it helped you win this game. And we've talked about it before. This team is missing Dennis Schroeder. This team is missing Terrence Ferguson. This team is missing Mike Muscala. 
They needed people to step up, and tonight it was Gallo and it was Diallo who stepped up big time. AD got his, fourth, got his fifth foul in the late stages of that third quarter because of that strong drive to the rim for him and Diallo. Oklahoma City was up 20 points on the Lakers while they were shooting 21% from beyond the arc. And they were open shots. Oklahoma City was not settling and taking terrible shots. They were wide open. The shots just weren't falling. If these shots were falling, this could have been an even bigger blowout for Oklahoma City. Now, the Lakers did go on a run to cut it to 15 points at the end of the third quarter, and that momentum carried themselves into the fourth quarter where LeBron found himself with an and-one opportunity uh, to make it a 10-point game. After that, Chris Paul got it in gear after being sloppy with a ton of bad turnovers in this game. He got it in gear. He made some beautiful, beautiful mid-range shots and a dagger three-pointer to put the Thunder back up for good and really put this game out of reach for the Lakers. Now, the Thunder never lost the lead in this game. It was an impressive game for them as a team, leading by at one time by 20 points, no lead changes. The longest run was nine points for either side. And I mentioned the poor three-point shooting from Oklahoma City. It was 20, 20.8% from beyond the arc. The Lakers as a team shot 13% from beyond the arc. The difference there is the Thunder were missing great shots. The Lakers were missing were missing bad shots that they were settling for. Rarely did the Lakers have a wide-open three. And when they did, they'd still miss them. So, so that does not help by any means. That might drag you up to that 20% mark. But the Thunder, almost every one of these 24 threes that they shot were wide open. Almost every one were wide open. They just could not make anything. And that might be a tale of what's to come for the Thunder. That that sharp, you know, that, that sharp shooting from three point land in the scrimmages and against Utah might have been fool's gold. But you would have to assume with these wide open looks that the offense is getting and the flow of the offense and with the motions that they're doing on the perimeter that you will make more than 5 out of 24. You would have to assume that. Uh, but then again, for the Lakers, they're probably saying the same thing. In that fourth quarter, again, Andre had three different possessions. Andre Robertson had three different possessions where his defense on LeBron, he stays step for step on LeBron and forces LeBron to either miss a layup or forces LeBron to pass out of a drive attempt because he could not get past Andre. And in even more impressive than all of that, his ability still to fight through a screen given his lateral quickness after the injury, given all that he's gone through to fight through that screen and over the top of it to contest the LeBron James jumper. And after LeBron missed that and with his with Andre's hand in his face, he was so frustrated. And it was just so fun to watch uh, LeBron James get frustrated because of the defenders that Oklahoma City was able to throw at them. And you look at this game and they even had a lineup at one time that had Dort and Andre on the same floor. And it wasn't a disaster. I mean, you worry at that point how the offense will will run, uh, but it was just as good defensively as you could expect it to be. And that's a weapon that the Thunder have late in games where they hold a big lead uh, and, and where there's no risk, really, of you losing that lead. Uh, that's basically like parking the bus whenever you have Lou Dort and Andre Robertson on the floor at the same time, especially if Andre can play defense the way he did tonight. That was impressive to be able to pull off that lineup and really not lose too much offensively. You'll be able to do that, I think, again on Friday against Memphis, who's just been playing terrible inside the bubble and have lost one of their best players, Jaron Jackson Jr., to a torn meniscus. I want to see how that lineup fares because while everything is still positive right now, I think that you can only deploy a lineup with both Lou Dort and Andre in it if you're up by a lot or if you're in a situation like you were on Monday. And on Monday... You knew it was the final possession and you needed and you needed a stop. And that's a time in which you can use the Dort-Andre lineup. 
or if you're up by a ton and just need to string together some defensive stops and really grind the game out. And this game was a grind. It was a huge grind for everyone involved. The starters for Oklahoma City finally came out at the 139 mark. Oklahoma City was up 103-86 at that point, and then they put in a lineup with Devin Hall, Deontay Burton, and Diallo, Nader, and Baisley. Burton, again, I'll say it like I have been throughout this bubble period here. It's just funny to watch Burton play only and strictly in garbage time because of he plays literally one minute in this game because of how much hype he got a couple of years ago at Summer League. And again, you you know my theory. I think if Deontay Burton looked like a traditional NBA player, nobody would have even batted an eye at him at Summer League. But because he's carrying a little more than the average NBA player and he's able to still be explosive and dunk the basketball, his bandwagon really took off at Summer League, unlike a guy like Kevin Hervey or others who have performed very well in Summer League, you really latched on to Deontay Burton because he looks different than everyone else. And it's just funny to to remember how confident Thunder Twitter was in Deontay Burton, considering where he's at now and only playing in garbage time and literally getting one minute a game in a blowout win over the Lakers. I want to end the show with one more point about Darius Baisley. It'll be quick. He stayed aggressive in this game, and it was by all makes, measures, stats, whatever you want to look at, it was an awful game for Darius Baisley. It includes an air ball. It includes missing wide open threes. It includes not finishing at the rim. There was really nothing you could point to from Darius Baisley, who goes 0 for 7 from the field, 0 for 4 from beyond the arc, uh, only two rebounds, one assist. There was nothing you can point to in this game that was positive, besides his plus minus for Darius Baisley. Yet, he still, as a rookie, stayed aggressive, stayed looking for a shot, stayed within the offense, didn't do too much, never looked overwhelmed. He did the right things. On every single play, he did the right basketball thing. Whether it's taking a wide open three, whether it's pump faking and driving and then missing at the rim, no matter what it was, he did the right thing. And it sounds silly, but for a guy like Darius Baisley, who is a rookie, who skipped college and instead went to that New Balance internship so he didn't play college ball, for him to be so smart as a player and to be always doing the right thing and in the face of adversity, whenever you're 0 for 7 and 0 for 4 late in that game, to continue to battle it out, to continue to do the right thing, to continue to take your shots whenever you're open, that leads to an air ball, whatever it may be. To have that confidence does mean a lot. And even in a dreadful game like it was for Baisley in 22 minutes, you're seeing why he has that potential, his ability to get open, his ability to create space, his ability to drive. He just needs to put the ball in the basket, and I'm confident that he will eventually do that. I'm confident he will eventually put it all together. The MVP of this game is Delino Gallinari, 19 points, 40% from deep. Again, I mentioned the seven rebounds and the steal. He really kept this offense afloat at times where they were going through dry spells and allowed the Thunder to keep the Lakers at arm distance the entire way and allowed them to win this basketball game. The Andrew Wiggins award of the game, there wasn't really someone who just absolutely destroyed the Thunder, which goes back to my keys of the game of not letting a role player go off as you did the night that the Lakers did not have AD or LeBron in the regular season. But if you had to pick somebody, it's Deion Waiters, not only for his 14 points and a few and one opportunities, but as a hat tip to him for his time in Oklahoma City. You gotta love Deion Waiters as long as he's staying away from the gummies. The better the, the better the day outcome was Thunder plus five and a half. I mentioned that on Twitter. Of course, we won that bet. You can go over to my bookie and bet on any game you want to from any sports league. Uh, the Moneyball outcome, I pick Shea. He only makes one three. Gallo hits two. On Friday, we're gonna be previewing a fun stretch of basketball coming up. The Thunder get the benefit of playing Memphis. 
Washington, and Phoenix in their next three games. It's going to be extremely fun. And at the end of those three games, you could see the Thunder very, very close and knocking on the door of the three seed. We'll talk all about that tomorrow on Locked on Thunder. You can find me on Twitter at Rylan underscore Styles. That's at R-Y-L-A-N underscore S-T-I-L-E-S. If you don't have Twitter, go ahead and email the show lothunderpod at gmail.com. That's lothunderpod at gmail.com. Be good and be good to one another. We'll see you next time on Locked on Thunder. Prime members, you can listen to this Locked On podcast ad-free on Amazon Music. Download the Amazon Music app today.